reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, When Jesus heard of the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. The crowds heard of this and followed him on foot from their towns. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, and he cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples approached him and said, This is a deserted place, and it is already late. Dismiss the crowd so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, There is no need for them to go away. Give them some food yourselves. But they said to him, Five loaves and two fish are all we have here. Then he said, Bring them here to me. And he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing, broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied, and they picked up the fragments left over, twelve wicker baskets full. Those who ate were about five thousand men, not counting women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. Before we get into these amazing, amazing readings, just a few words. If I can ask for us to intensify our prayers in this particular Mass, let's be, as again, remember, as we bring it to the altar, I got a distressing text yesterday before the vigil mass it was a friend of mine and she was texting she says father father pray pray for my family of course I said, why i don't know if you heard but on the news there was a in southern california there was a training accident with the marines uh they were training they, they were doing they were, they were in the water and they had amphibious assault vehicles you know the armored personal carriers that float on the water and then they it drives up onto the beach it's like a little tank you can drive up they were training and there was an accident she says that one of the armored personnel carriers was taken on water and only only a handful survived and was packed with marines and sailors and, and they feared that it sank to the bottom there and her family member was one of these young men in the boat and she said father pray and they find him of course but i think they just announced yesterday they, they ceased search and rescue because they there's no way they could have survived that and so Let's bring this particular family, and in fact, all the families. I think now, I think nine soldiers died in this training accident. Eight Marines and two sailors. I forget the exact number, but tragedy, of course, is a training accident. So bring these soldiers to the altar today and their families. I'm sure they're devastated now by it. So pray for them. And another thing that we always keep praying about, as you know, this whole COVID restrictions things, not everybody's coming back to Mass yet. They're so cautious, and rightly so. You know, everybody takes on their own risks as they come to, to different groups. And so for us who do come to Mass, I think it's important, especially in a very conscious way, to bring them to the altar as well. 
to pray for those who are not coming to Mass, or in fact, when they are so restricted in certain areas, they're not even allowed to. And so, for us who do come, we stand before the Lord and say, God, we pray for our brothers and sisters who are still cautious about coming back. So, bring them all across the world who are unable to come. So, bring them to the altar as well as we as we offer the most beautiful prayer that God gave us. In the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The scriptures are utterly beautiful. And there's a certain key we have to always keep in mind to unlock the beauty of the scriptures and to gain its depths. Because there's a lot of details when we read the Bible and the certain scriptures that are lost to us as 21st century Americans. So in a way, to, to, to garner the depths of these beautiful teachings, we always have to keep in mind who was there and how did they hear the words of the Lord in that context. It's utterly key. Context, context, context. Which, by the way, be weary of anybody who just lob Bible verses at you to try to get you, to try to shake you from your faith. You hear that oftentimes, especially a common one is, especially as Catholics, why do you call your priest father? And they'll quote Matthew, right? They'll just throw it at you. But then the key is always to look in the totality of the sacred scripture to garner truth. You can't just, remember the devil himself when challenging Jesus in the desert, he lobbed Bible verses at Jesus, didn't he? The this, this snippets. But Jesus always responded with the wider context. So that's the key for interpreting Scripture. And so one powerful way to do this, especially with our readings today, we have to look at it through the Jewish lens. Because there are certain actions and words from the readings today a Jew would have immediately recognized. So this famous story of Jesus now and the feeding of the 5,000 with the five loaves and the two fish. If we were part of that crowd, we would have immediately recognized it. So there is, so imagine this in your mind's eye. Jesus is along the shore of Galilee. It's a beautiful place. It's a huge, massive lake. If you go there today, it's, it's, it's pretty spectacular, almost untouched from the time this happened. And also, by the way, of course, we know where this miracle happened. If you go to Israel today, you can drive up to the Sea of Galilee, and guess is what is on that spot there? A Catholic church, right there, beautiful. Again, remember, that's what our ancestors did. They sought out all the amazing places in Scripture, and they bought it, and they built a church on top of it. That's what we do. All over the world, we do that. And so you go there, this beautiful church, right on this spot, and it sits on this grassy knoll. And you can almost imagine 5,000 people there. Jesus there, gathered with the crowd. Then he takes the bread, calls down God's blessing, multiplies it. Now, if we were a first century Jew hearing this and seeing Jesus do this, we would have immediately recognized it. Ah, 2 Kings chapter 4. In that story in the book of Kings, you have the prophet Elisha. In a similar situation, there was a group of hungry men, and Elisha takes 20 loaves, calls down God's blessings, 
multiplies it, feeds 100. So every Jew would have immediately known that story. So they see Jesus now taking two or five loaves, multiplying it, not feeding 100 men, but 5,000, not counting women and children. And so if you're a first century Jew, you see Jesus doing this, immediately your thought is, Jesus is more powerful than Elisha. Because you have to remember, at this time when Jesus did this miracle, they had no idea of who Jesus was. There was still mystery. Like, who is this guy? He's teaching weird things. He's doing miraculous events. He's saying funny doctrines. And they don't quite know who he is yet. But all they know here, he is more powerful than this great prophet. Jump to the first reading now. From Isaiah, prophets. Look at this beautiful reading. Thus says the Lord, You thirsty? Come to the water. You who have no money, come receive grain and eat. Come without paying, without cost. Why spend your money for what is not bread? Your wages for what fails to satisfy? Come to me heatedly, that you may have life, and I will renew with you the everlasting covenant. Now the prophet Isaiah, when he uttered these words to the crowd of the Jews, they would have immediately recognized it again. Bread. Everlasting covenant. The Jew hears that. They think of Exodus, Leviticus. In those particular books, what you have there is the, the Jews, what's, what's called the bread of presence. They would take bread and take wine, they would put it in the tabernacle as in order to renew the covenant now. See, whenever they hear the word covenant, they immediately understand a sacred oath by which God has, re, has, God has created a new family bond, a new family through the sacred oath, which, by the way, for those of you who are married here, you know what your marriage is called? It's called a covenant, isn't it? Because before God, you stood in front of, a, of an altar through that sacred oath. Do you take so-and-so and you repeat those words and what do you say? I do. And through that sacred oath there, through your words, you created, you brought into being something new. A family united in God. Covenant. And so now, when Isaiah was preaching this, I will renew with you an everlasting covenant. And through the bread of presence now, through Leviticus and Exodus, they have the renewal of the covenant. Bread. God multiplying it. Now with all that in the background, jump forward. Do you see how God is, 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 is setting the foundation for what he's about to do? Let's jump to the new, rather, let's jump to the Last Supper. He's gathered around now with the 12 disciples. He's gathered with them, and what does he do at the Last Supper? We know these words well. He takes bread. Take this, all of you, eat of it, for this is my body, 
Then he takes the wine. Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the blood, and notice the line that Jesus says, and the apostles would have caught this immediately. The blood of the new covenant. And then what he repeats it, do this in remembrance of me. Do you see what Jesus has just done here? With all of that in the background now, with the multiplication of the loaves, all of that with the new covenant, with the bread of the presence from Leviticus and Exodus, all of a sudden now, with all that in the background, with Jesus saying, this bread now, this wine now, is my body and my blood. And they would have recalled the teachings in John 6. For my, my body is true food, my blood is true drink. Unless you eat of this bread and drink this, this blood, you have no life in you. Do this now, remembrance of me. So what he just said is that I will give of myself to you. Do the Mass, which renews the New Covenant every time we come to Mass now. Who, again, remember I began last Sunday with that corny question. What is the deepest desire of your heart? And looking now, all that in the background, what does the prophet Isaiah say? Why do you spend your money for what is not bread? You wage it for what fails to satisfy. Do you see all of this now? It goes back to the very question. All of us who desire true happiness, true joy, and true peace. And what do we do constantly? We look for those things in all of the wrong places. Again, to be a broken record, what are the four classical substitutes we stuff our faces with, thinking it will satisfy us? Money, power, honor, pleasure. None of those things will satisfy. None of it. What Jesus now has finally revealed to us in the Holy Eucharist, which is truly Him, that we are created for intimacy and relationship with Jesus Christ. There is true joy, true happiness, and true peace. There it is, right there. That is why He says, do this in remembrance of me in the Holy Mass. And which is why when I hear politicians say that church is non-essential, when they limit crowd sizes, when they allow protests on the streets to burn down buildings, and they say, you can't go to church. San Francisco, they can't have indoor services. If they, if they do it outside, they only have 12. Where's the logic behind that? And then thousands of people march on the streets. And what are they, what, what are they trying to inculcate? And, See, this is where I see the demonic voice in this, by the way. Jesus, who says, take this, all of you, eat of it. The Mass is the central part of your life. And then I hear politicians say, you don't, you don't need to go, it's non-essential. I hear the echo of Genesis with the evil one. Remember what the serpent said to Adam and Eve? Did God really say that to you? And what are politicians? Again, it's different in different areas. But they say to us, is the mass really important to you? Is Jesus really that important? And they shut us down. 
the Archbishop in San Francisco again, behind the scenes, trying to negotiate with the mayor and the public health officials, saying, we can do this safely. We have these huge churches that which fits thousands. We can't even have 12 in here? And what do they keep trying to say? No. Now do you see why I want to hear a public official when they say we can't meet? I see what's behind that whisper. Because what is it essentially training people to think? I'm fine without the bread of life. I'm fine without the blood of Christ. See the intensity now why the prayers of all of us gathered here are key. Jesus Christ is that which we have been looking for our entire lives. It is him, flat out. We are created for relationship. Seek first ye the kingdom of God and then everything else will be provided for you. And it's found right here in a few moments when God himself now will renew the new covenant and we will have the audacity to eat Jesus and drink his blood. There, my friends, is the drink and the food that satisfies.